This is Marketing Jam, a show featuring the brightest minds in marketing. Let's talk about SEO quickly. This whole search engine optimization thing. People are frustrated by it, confused by it, and there are so many SEO tools out there. Free ones, subscription ones. Which one's the best? Do you ever feel like it's been this dark art, this mystic craft hidden for only certain people to understand? Well, here at Jelly, it all became clear when we started using Ahrefs. The reports we got, the clarity on site ranking, and so much more. Today, for all our clients, we provide Ahrefs reporting and use the tool to audit sites. It's the premier SEO tool that gives you the confidence you're providing top-notch reports and data to your clients. Let the only confusing thing be how the tool's name is said. Check them out at ahrefs.com. Thank you for everyone for joining us here on Marketing Jam. I'm very excited because I have a close personal connection to this brand, uh, also a uh, business connection, as we are interviewing the CMO from the bank that I had my first bank account at and where Jelly currently uh, has their business banking. So, Alan, thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you so much for having me and, and congratulations on the success of your podcast. They're quite impressive. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so the role you're in, I, I need to find out what's the story of how you got to the place you are in as every great person has an origin story. Tell us about yours. Well, it's interesting. Would I ever thought I would have been the CMO of uh, Canada's largest bank? Probably not. So if you think about it, you know, I grew up in a small town in Ontario and I really had like two passions. You know, I really always had a passion for entrepreneurship, and then I also really loved marketing. And that entrepreneurial passion really came from the fact that my dad had his own trucking company, and I'm probably the only CMO you've interviewed that actually has their license for an 18-wheeler. Uh, that is that. amazing. I did that for uh, summer jobs and uh, really got to learn the business. And of course, the marketing passion is really just a function of entrepreneurship, which I really love kind of growing businesses and coming up with new ideas. So when I went to school, uh, obviously, I was part of the marketing club, et cetera, but I actually started the entrepreneurship club at uh, York University when I was there doing my MBA. And then coming out of school, I uh, thought, you know, let's take a little bit more traditional route. And uh, I joined uh, Colgate Palmolive. Uh, I always thought packaged goods was a great training ground for marketers way back then. And, um, you know, that was a great start. And then a few years in, I really have always had that passion to start my own business. So I actually left Colgate and uh, did a startup with a couple partners and did that for a number of years. And then today I'm at Canada's largest bank and I really love the fact that I can embrace both passions in this role. The first role obviously is, uh, you know, the traditional marketing for all our personal and commercial products as well as insurance. But the entrepreneurial side is really interesting because we have this group called RBC Ventures. It's an offshoot that really is a startup within a large company. And we're really trying to build these exciting new innovative kind of you know, companies that uh, fit within an overall ecosystem. And I get to work with, you know, really passionate folks that have ideas and we try to bring those to life. So I'm, I'm really fortunate to have the best of both my entrepreneurial background and my marketing background. And there's a couple of cool ventures just to give you a sense of what this RBC Ventures really is. You know, some really simple things like we have a, a venture called Garbage Day. I don't know about you, but uh, if you live in a house in Toronto, you wake up in the morning, it's garbage day, and you can never remember whether it's recycling or whether it's garbage or whether you can put your lawn clippings out and you'll be in the, it'll be in the middle of the dark and you're looking at your neighbors. Well, the team came up with this idea of just creating this simple text-based service that sends you a reminder the day before 
and it tells you what you can put out that day. And it's been extremely successful in Toronto, and I know we're growing into other cities across the country. And then on the more complex side, we have ventures like uh, Owner. Owner is really designed for small business owners. And uh, if you're thinking about starting a company, it helps you with the registration service. It helps you with incorporation. It helps you create, get a logo design. So really designed to really help that entrepreneur get off the ground. So very fortunate in my career to really balance those two passions. That's amazing. I, uh, our township of Langley, where I live, only has an email service to remind me when Recycle Day is. So it's, uh, I always wish they had a text option. Yeah, well, someday hopefully we'll yeah, be there. Someday hopefully we'll be there. Be awesome. Uh, when it comes to trends, uh, you know, in your industry and brands that you're following, what are some of the trends that you're finding really exciting or that people need to be aware of and should be watching? Uh, well, there's so many trends out there. I think three that we've really kind of focused on over the... Um, over the last uh, couple of years. I think the first trend really is micro learning. Like, you know, this concept of people taking really bite-sized pieces of content and learning, you know, the mobile phone is set up perfectly for that is a trend that we've been watching. And in fact, last year we uh, took the concept of financial literacy. If you think about financial literacy, people really want to, to learn more about finances, but we also looked at, um, you know, Google, there was this whole graveyard of content that nobody was using. So we thought something's missing. So we took the idea of micro learning and we came up with the idea of partnering with, why don't we go to one of the leading universities in Canada that teaches business and, and financial literacy and do a partnership with them and get their professors to teach what they would teach their top students, but make that available to every, every Canadian or North American. And so we partnered with McGill and uh, we launched that last year. Uh, and it's it's a really cool version of micro learning, and uh, ultimately we've just blown our numbers away. I think in, we're about a year in, and we've had over 140,000 people go through the course, which is fantastic. How does someone find that course? Sorry. Sorry. Uh, where do you go to find that course? It's called McGill Financial or Personal Financial Essentials. So you can find it online. You can anybody can register, and uh, there's about seven modules you can go through, and just small little bite-sized modules. It's amazing. It's like master class for financial literacy. Exactly. So we've had a lot of success with it and we're looking at other opportunities that are a good fit with RBC and, and other partners. So stay tuned on that front. A second trend, you talked about trends. There's a second trend is this concept of what we call other folks call like digital. You know, it's really that fusion of digital and physical. Obviously that's not new. I think many companies are uh, struggling with that concept. But we really see ourselves as a digitally enabled relationship bank. And I think that starts with, you know, obviously the relationship is about people. And uh, when you have a more complex need or you need help, they really want to talk to somebody that can help them. So our advisors are critical to that experience. But on the other side, they also want fantastic digital experiences. And, um, you know, whether it's making transactions through the mobile app or just having an interactive conversation and a collaborative experience with an advisor. And if you think over the pandemic over the last few months, you know, those capabilities we've built over the years have really been, uh, uh, to some degree, a real lifesaver for many Canadians uh, to help them as they can't go to the local branch. So we really have spent a lot of time thinking about how do we bring the best of digital with the be best of physical. And then I think another trend that's quite interesting is the concept of business agility. And then how does that translate to obviously to marketing? Um, many of the tech firms kind of led business agility in terms of speed to market, continually testing and learning and evolving. And we've taken those principles at RBC and we've been applying them the last few years. It's a real culture change for us. You know, obviously being a company that's 150 years old, 
Um, you know, we've been really trying to to innovate more and try to drive change for the for the for our consumers and our clients. Um, so if you think about that concept in the old days, you might think about building a car and you'd spend a you know six months researching it, coming up with the perfect car, and then you know you'd go off and you'd build it, and two years later you'd come out with this perfect car. But in that two years, you might have missed the whole market, and you've put a lot of effort. So the idea is to start more with a uh, MVP approach and maybe you'd start with a skateboard and then you iterate the skateboard to be you know maybe a bicycle and then a motorcycle and eventually get to a car and you have a much higher chance of success. This really proved true for us if you think about when the pandemic hit you know back in March we had a very successful marketing playbook that was really working well for us and we were gaining share in virtually every category and feeling really good and all of a sudden the pandemic came and we had to basically shut down our entire playbook in one given week. And then from, from that point forward, each day we were recreating a new playbook and a new go-to-market strategy and building it from scratch. And I think it was really exciting to see the team come together and have such agility. And it really served us well during the pandemic uh, to differentiate ourselves from our competitors. And again, to see a large bank with 150 years of operating, uh, being able to pivot that way was, was quite exciting. You know, so, Alan, with all these trends that are happening, what advice do you give the marketers on your team for managing them? Yeah, it's a great question because I think, you know, many consultants come in and they've got their new trends and folks are trying to sell you on new ideas. And it's pretty easy to get distracted by that shiny new object. So the way our team talks about it is uh, if you th we're in the investment and uh, financial services industry. So we kind of think of it like about your investment portfolio. You know, you've about in the 70-20-10 rule. If you think about 70% of our marketing strategies are probably proven strategies, kind of like blue chip stocks, that year in, year out, we have confidence are gonna give us a certain return and we lean on those for in-year results. And then maybe about 20% of our marketing budget would be in what we'll call emerging strategies. These are strategies we have confidence in, but they're still a little bit unproven, but they are really gonna replace a lot of the blue chips in the future. And then we take about 10% of our uh, budget and we put it in kind of what I'd call in the investment portfolio, almost like venture capital. You know, the chances are not all of it's going to work. If we could get one of them, one out of 10 ideas that work, that's fantastic. You want to fail fast. You want to be quick. You want to learn. But you're looking for that one real gem that could be your blue chip of the future. And uh, so that's the advice we give, you know, the folks on our team, the way we look at it. You know, in a good year, you might spend more in that venture capital area. When you go into a little bit more of a down year, you might dial it back a bit. So that, that's how we think about these trends. But if you're not, you know, you have to be careful too that you have a pulse on some of these trends because when they start taking off, you don't want to be left behind. I want to talk about explaining leads to clients. CallRail gives you the call tracking you need to measure the success of your marketing efforts in real time. Discover how many calls you received from your Google ads, organic searches, social media efforts, and so much more. And hey, that's not the only reason we use CallRail. CallRail seamlessly integrates all of our call and conversion data with over 700 marketing tools and platforms, including Google Analytics and Salesforce, for a deeper insight into what's happening. Start telling the complete story to your clients. Try a free trial today with CallRail.com. Yeah. So speaking of the future, uh, where are you and your brand headed? Uh, what's next for RBC? Uh, that's a great question. You know, our brand promise is really to use the power of imagination and insight to relentlessly improve our human experiences.
Now that's a that's a bit of a mouthful, but let me break that down a bit for you. If you think about, you know, insight. Insight is around, you know, our advice capabilities, the power of our people, the power of using data for our clients. So it's how do you use that insight and information to help make our clients have better options and to have better experiences. If you think about imagination, um, it's really around that innovation and, and how do we continually innovate and push, push ourselves to greater heights for our clients. And then human experience is a, that last piece of that statement. You know, again, it's back to that digital. It's like, how do we create these wonderful interactive experiences using technology, but make sure they feel human if you're using technology. And then of course, using the best of our, our advisors when you're in person. So that's kind of our overall brand vision. The second piece is uh, we've really been pushing our brand to be a little bit more bold. You know, most financial services would not be known as the most bold brands out there. But, uh, you know, in, when you work in a bank, there's a large group called risk management. And we kind of use that language internally. And we say, and I say to our, our CFO, I say, the cost of being safe actually outweighs the cost of being bold. So because every ad you show that nobody sees is a dollar wasted. So we have to, as a culture, be willing to take a little bit more risk with our marketing communications. And I, but the other advice, too, is that, you know, I always use the analogy of it's like being bold doesn't mean I put on a brighter shirt and I stand out. Being bold means you've got to really have good insights. You've got to really be relevant for clients. And then how do you tap into those so that you really get noticed in a meaningful way? That's awesome. So speaking of which, what's your advice for brands today? You know, I think these days we're all living through a pandemic. I think the most important one is really just be authentic. You got to be true to who you are. In today's uh, world of social media, uh, folks have so much access to information that if you're not being authentic and true to yourself, uh, people are quickly going to realize that and that's going to just damage trust. And trust is so important to a brand and especially for financial services. The second piece, you know, you would read this in your marketing textbooks back in school, you know, figure out what your strengths are and how you're distinctive and make sure you lean into those. And as you look at your budget and you look at your activities, make sure you're spending your time in those things that are really distinctive and your strengths so that you continually to differentiate yourself versus the competition. And I think the last one is um, a lot of folks feel like you got to do more. And I think some of the best brands, uh, less is more. Clients are so bombarded with messages and, and it causes confusion. The, the simpler you can be as a brand of who you, what you stand for, the more you can simplify your messaging so that the average Canadian, the average North American really understands what you're trying to say, is just gonna serve you well. So those are just a little bit of the advice. The last thing I would say in terms of advice around uh, your brand and your marketing plan is we really believe in both the short game and the long game. And what I mean by that, all the research shows that you need to invest at the top of the funnel in your brand in the long game of defining who you are, because over the long term, that is gonna give you a higher ROI in terms of the effectiveness of your marketing spend than the short game. However, it takes a while to build that. So in the sh your short game is also important because that's the piece that's gonna ring the cash register or help drive sales in the short term. So great marketers, I think, balance the short game and the long game. And I think as you go into tougher times, which as we look forward into uh, 2021, I think you know, we are worried about you know, the, the economy. Um, you know, those companies that balance the short term and the long term, especially around their brand and their marketing, I think is gonna win over the long term. 
It's awesome. I've, uh, I've often looked to uh, John Stackhouse at RBC for uh, economy reports. The reports you've been putting out during this time have been very valuable for, for me as a business owner and just for understanding uh, the trends that are happening right now. So thank you for that. That's awesome. Well, I'll share that with John. I know he takes great pride in, 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 in those thought leadership pieces that he's pulling together for our clients. So Alan, uh, there's other CMOs listening right now, watching marketers um, right across the country, around the world. Uh, what are some of your life hacks? Um, maybe apps you love, uh, books that man, are must-reads, podcasts you listen to. What, what advice can you give as far as just kind of a personal way that, that you know, inspires you and keeps you going every day? Uh, it's a great question. Uh, you know, I think most people, we don't think we're, when you think about what you do in your, your personal life and to help your career, it's probably not that exciting. But I think one interesting uh, tidbit is uh, over the summer, I think I've listened to over 100 podcasts. And I think last year I probably didn't listen to any. And I think that's been a function of a couple things. The first one is um, I found myself during the pandemic going for a lot more walks just to get out and clear my head when, you're, when we were basically stuck in our, uh, our homes. Secondly, we got a new puppy, so I had to take the dog walking. And then I spent a little bit of time in my car driving up to our, our cottage up on Lake Huron. And during that time, I discovered these podcasts and uh, really got hooked on the, this whole idea of podcasts. I'm sure I'm a, a laggard on that trend, but uh, really enjoy it. Uh, funny enough, my passion seems to be with crime stories. I think I've, I got hooked on this one series called Criminal. It's really interesting stories, and uh, I think I've watched, I think I'm in season six after just a little bit of the summer. Um, so it's, uh, it's really interesting. So kudos to you on your podcast. I think it is a, a median of the future, and, and I would suggest you continue to invest in that. Thank you. Um, that's awesome. Um, what messages do you have for younger people breaking into marketing today? You know, that's a great question. Um, you know, young people today have it pretty hard and uh, not just in marketing, but in just in general. If you think about how the world's changing, uh, you know, the difficulty of breaking into getting your first job. Uh, this could be the first generation that actually is poorer than their parents. And that, that's a pretty uh, staggering fact and hopefully it's not true. And, uh, and RBC is really concerned about this. And I think as an organization, we've decided that we really want to focus a lot of our philanthropy on Canadian youth. And uh, we've made a commitment where we're investing $500 million over the next 10 years in, in four key areas to help youth. The first one is really that experience gap. So how do you help young people get that work experience so they can get the first job? And what we've seen from the research is that, uh, you know, educators, about 83% of educators feel that they're preparing youth for work. But when you ask employers, only 34% feel that folks coming out of school are really ready. So we're trying to bring those worlds together to really help folks get that uh, work experience. And then the second piece, which is, you know, I think most people understand, but I don't think folks have seen the stats. It's quite shocking when you see it, is really around growing your network. The fact is that 85% uh, of all jobs are really filled through networking versus basically having a resume that rises to the top. So we're really trying to help young people figure out, you know, how networking fits in into their overall job search and, and finding that career and helping them build those professional relationships. And there's lots of cool companies out there like 10,000 Coffees, et cetera. The third area is really helping getting the skills of the future. And I think you mentioned John Stackhouse. He's done a lot of research in that area. You know, the world of work is changing and skills that are going to be required to win in the future are, are different. 
So we're really trying to figure out what are those core skills that uh, young people are going to need for the future and make sure we're trying to help folks prepare. And I think the last one is, um, you know, the one that's most concerning, you know, just the mental well-being of young folks. You know, we find that one in five youth are struggling with mental health, uh, but the problem is 80% of them actually don't reach out to get help. So we're really spending a lot of our time and our, our dollars to help really bring awareness to that issue and encourage people to reach out. When you translate that into marketing, um, you know, I sit on the Canadian Marketing Association board and, you know, the CMA is always looking for us to, to play a bigger role in helping the organization. And we sat down and we said, you know, we've launched this thing called Future Launch. It's really about helping youth. You know, if you could build a program for marketers, young marketers, we would love that. So we worked together and we built this program called CMA Next, and it's all designed to address the experience gap, to people to have folks really understand what a career in marketing looks like, what are the different options, get a chance to meet folks uh, through video and online of what are different jobs they can have. And we launched that last year and we're really excited about growing it this year. Amazing. We often describe uh, that career gap, there's um, blue collar employees, white collar employees, and there's this whole world now of new collar employees, you know, jobs that never existed five years ago. That's right. You know, one of the advice I've seen, and I'm no and I'm not an expert at this in any way, but one thing that kind of resonated with me was, you know, don't really think about jobs as the mandate or what you do. Think about core skills that you can build that are then transferable across many different jobs. And I think it's quite interesting. Some of the skills you'll learn in marketing may be very transferable to other professions. So it's kind of an interesting way to look at it. Yeah. And it's been really great just seeing the maturing. Um, Whereas if you're an electrician, you can get a ticket. If you become a, a masseuse, you can get an RMT certificate. Uh, thanks to Facebook uh, launching their blueprint program, Google launching their certificate program. It's been a, a great way to actually certify young marketers to show that they have hard skills that they can bring to an agency or a brand. That's fantastic. You know, I guess the last piece of advice I'd share too is just, you know, my observation of marketing is it really is a lifelong apprenticeship. You know, you talked about trends, trends, continuous change. We've got new channels. Some channels are growing, some are, you know, declining in popularity. You know, you got to think of marketing as a lifelong journey of learning. And, um, you know, it doesn't matter what you read in a textbook. You know, you've got to get in there. You've got to roll up your sleeves and you got to do a lot of, you know, trying new strategies, learning. And, and I think to be great marketers, you got to just love, you got to have a sense of curiosity. Um, you know, you can't be afraid to fail because you're probably, you know, you're going to fail a lot and you got to learn from that. And that's just going to build you to be a better marketer long term. You got to like change. Things are changing all the time. This this concept of thriving in the gray is a thing um, that I think you you got to want. And, and the other thing I always say to my my colleagues at RBC is you got to have thick skin as a marketer because it's probably the one profession where your aunt, your uncle, your coworker, everybody thinks they're a marketer. Because they all watch TV and they all judge ads. You know, you take the Super Bowl, they're judging those ads, and they all think they can do your job. And uh, you just gotta have a bit of thick skin. So, anyways, it's a fantastic profession, and I'm so glad I chose this route. And um, and I'm glad that we're giving back to the next generation. Alan, this is great. So inspiring, uh, just on many levels. I'm so excited to see some of these initiatives coming out this year and, and initiatives that you've already done. I, I really wanna check out that financial literacy program that you did there. That sounds really great. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, so we'll put all the links uh, in the show notes for some of the programs and initiatives that Alan talked about. 
but Alan, thank you so much for being here and sharing ideas, tips, um, advice. Uh, it's meant a lot. Well, thank you so much for having me. And again, best of luck with your podcast and uh, all the best as we uh, navigate this uncertain world over the next few months. Yeah. Yeah. And, and those that are listening um, from outside of um, Ontario, maybe in Western Canada, uh, just a little translation, cottage uh, also means cabin. <laughs> uh, for those that misunderstood that, didn't understand it. Um, so, you know, we try to do some translations here on the show. Uh, but thanks again, Alan. And we'll see you next week on Marketing Jam. Thanks for listening to Marketing Jam. If you enjoyed the show, head over to our YouTube or Facebook and give us a thumbs up and visit iTunes to leave a rating and review. Thanks again and see you next time. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.